This is Coin Talk, a podcast where we discuss all things Bitcoin and crypto. My name is Crypto Slim. This is Walls. This is T Crypto, aka TC. Let's get into it. If someone dies, and I think about like my spouse, if I were to pass away, she wouldn't have any idea on how to get into any of my cryptocurrency stuff. So what does that look like for y'all? There's a couple, I've thought about this a number of times. I got into a car accident right before the pandemic. And that's the first thing that came to mind. I was like, Jesus, if I died, it's gone forever. (laughs) You know what I mean? But I think there's going to be a couple different strategies, right? You see the, you're going to see them in like centralized products. Like we're seeing with the ETFs, you're going to see them with companies that are basically buying Bitcoin, like um, Michael Saylor's company. Uh, MicroStrategy, instead of buying the hard asset Bitcoin itself, you can get exposure to Bitcoin by buying uh, stock in MicroStrategy or buying the ETF. Why would someone buy stock in MicroStrategy? Why would somebody buy the ETF when they could go buy Bitcoin? Uh, pretty much what Wallet was saying for more of a security uh, backing, especially someone who doesn't know how to you know, use all the different uh, strategies of sending, getting crypto. I don't think it might be the best option, but it is something that will be uh, more secure for someone who is you know, new to the space or just doesn't want to deal with all the hassle that it is right now. But like we said earlier, it had to be, um, the use case would have to be easier. I wouldn't, I wouldn't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. I consider myself a conspiracy analyst. So I like to look into things. And to me, it just seems like buying Bitcoin which is easy to do. It's not gold. It's not real estate. It just seems to me that you're going to have a lot of paper Bitcoin. I mean, we already have paper Bitcoin. If you look at uh, Robinhood and I saw that they had like a million subscribers that are signed up just to be able to take their Bitcoin off the, off the exchange. So basically they don't own any of that Bitcoin. So again, we talk about no keys, no cheese. That's a prime example of what we're talking about. And I know in 2020, 2021, a lot of new investors, that's how they were getting into Bitcoin and cryptocurrency was via Robinhood. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, I honestly think it's OK. I think that if it, if Bitcoin was more known in 2016, maybe everyone would have known how to buy their own Bitcoin off exchange because we didn't have a Robinhood. We didn't have a PayPal. There wasn't a MicroStrategy. There wasn't an ETF. But now that this here, I, I don't necessarily mind. I think it's a good thing because it it gives people the opportunity to start to learn, you know, to dip their toe in it, so to speak, and then learn like what's best for them. Like it's their, it's their value, it's their money. However, they feel comfortable, you know, storing it, that's their prerogative. But I think eventually people will understand like the importance of, you know, owning your own uh, Bitcoin, owning your own keys, because the, the, val- the value is there, the security is there, the sovereignty is there. So it'll take some time, right? Like we're going through this, this uh, growth cycle where people are just, they just need to learn. Um, so however they get there, you know, I'm happy about it, you know, but for people, I wouldn't call myself an OG, for, but for uh, for folks like us, I, I think, you know, we, you know, we see the importance of it. Yeah, I think I have a bachelor's degree. I definitely would call myself an OG. I wouldn't say I have a master's, but, you know, I've been in this space uh, five years now. So definitely think I consider myself to have a bachelor's. And when I see some of the people come in the space that are brand new and they're pushing uh, Dogecoin and Shiba Unus, and I, I had a friend that, he was telling me about different type of UNUs and I was telling him about Bitcoin in 2017 and he didn't listen to me. So I think that's the difference. And one thing I'll say, like I just, uh, one of my mentors that I was telling about Bitcoin, he said that um, 
when I spoke to him about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and I had so much knowledge and this was, you know, 2017, he said that he's usually not one to just invest into different assets that he doesn't know anything about. But because my passion was there, it made him do more due diligence. And he ended up investing. I, I don't know what, how much he invested. Um, we spoke last week. I know he said that he did buy 200 ETH. Again, this was when Bitcoin was like at, you know, five, 6,000. So ETH probably was at, you know, maybe $200, $200, So, you know, that 200 now, if we look at where ETH is at, it's at $4,000 right now. So that's 800,000 right there. So, um, and that's just an ETH. That's not talking Bitcoin and a few other investments that he made. But I know he's doing well. He told me he could pay for his kids' college tuition. So I felt pretty good about that. So when we talk about, you know, knowing what we're talking about, we definitely know what we talk about. And I wanted to talk to you about like the education side. For kids, I know that um, Gen, what is the last, this new generation, Gen Z? Is it Z? Generation Z, X. <laughs> yeah, whatever it is, whatever these young kids are. Basically, I mean, they are the future. Um, I know a lot of people talk about coding. There's, you know, talk about technology. Like, what do you see? You know, I think cryptocurrency has the ability to be borderless. It's not, doesn't care what color you are, your gender, none of that matters. And I think that there's an opportunity for everyone. How do you see the kids playing into that? And kind of what has been your role in trying to see a future and help kids see a future with cryptocurrency? I think the kids are going to be their front runners um, for cryptocurrency. Because when you see a kid nowadays, they know they know more about technology than you know the elderly. Um, they learn faster when it comes to technology because they was born around technology. Who wasn't born with technology? So I, I feel that um, it's going to be a lot easier for kids to grasp the concepts and to just to lead the charge. And my role is just you know put it in front of their put it in their face, um, kind of give them a, just a basic understanding of what crypto is, what what Bitcoin is. And, and trying to find uh, sources and programs that they can use to continue to learn and, and grow and just expand the knowledge when it comes to cryptocurrency. When it, so what, are, what uh, are some of those platforms that you use to help educate kids? Well, with crypto, there's not that many out there. I just kind of learn, I just kind of, you know, talk about the basic um, fundamentals of Bitcoin. I've, I've watched, you know, YouTube channels with them. Um, that talks about what is Bitcoin, what is cryptocurrency. But I feel real soon there's going to be programs that you can, you know, download apps that you can you can use that would be a learning lesson for uh, kids. And, you know, someone's probably working on that right now. Uh, I know with coding, there's uh, code.org coding programs that teaches kids how to code at, a, at the kindergarten level or even younger where you use puzzles and building blocks and connect them. And it just kind of has a, is attached to a code and it unveils that code once the kid attached that puzzle in order to do what they're trying to do in that uh, coding program. How do kids get exposure to coding? I think there's a lot of, you know, parents out there that may hear it, but they don't know what it is. Um, like where can they find information? Like what, it, what is coding? You know, what opportunities does that lead to? One of the uh, best sources for kids I found was code.org. It's a worldwide program that they've been doing every on a yearly basis where they have the hour of code where schools, you know, get on coding for an hour in December. Um, but we use coding, I mean, every, you know, weekly here at my school. But um, I just think that's programs like that are something you can start with. And then you can continue to just build from there. There's a lot of coding 
um, programs out there that you can sign up and pay for, but this is a free one that can kind of get you your feet wet, get your foot in the door. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of Coin Talk. Remind you, we are not financial advisors. This is not financial advice. Please do your own research. Like, share, and subscribe, and we'll catch you on the next episode. We out. Peace.